welcome to Chicago's Radical Kinship Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Kelly, broadcasting from Old St. Pat's Church in Chicago's West Loop, where we listen to the needs of those on the margins to savor our communities and transform us beyond what divides us. In this episode, we continue our dialogue with Old St. Pat's own Josh Gokowski, founder and CEO of Unlocking Communities, a growing nonprofit with a unique approach to empowering entrepreneurs with the education and tools to sell sustainable, high-quality water filtration systems and stove in grassroots economies. Josh's unique model has resulted in unlocking economic, social, and environmental transformation in the Republic of Haiti. Last month, Josh and his staff shared their experiences and impact in working with communities in Haiti in a webinar as part of Mission Sunday. In this episode, we dig deeper to explore how Josh's faith shaped his desire to be an entrepreneur and combine his talents to pursue endeavors in the social sector. Josh Kogowski, welcome to the Radical Kinship Podcast. Thanks for having me, Kevin. So I'm sure most of our listeners are already familiar with your work uh, at Old St. Pat's and your work with Unlocking Communities, but could you just give us a kind of a brief brief rundown of all the many things that you're doing. You're a man about town. You're changing the world, both internationally and domestically and here in Chicago. I just want to get an idea of all the things that you're doing. Yeah. So I am the founder and CEO of Unlocking Communities. Previously, I was on staff at Old St. Pat's, helping them implement the MyOSP software system and um, also help support organizations on Chicago's south and west side with their operating and technology framework. That's fantastic. That's got to keep you busy. So could you tell us a bit more about Unlocking Communities and how that came to be? Definitely. So Unlocking Communities, whose mission is to equip entrepreneurs with the education and tools to sell sustainable products that unlock the triple bottom line of economic, social, and environmental transformation in their communities, came about really in a lifelong journey as my faith life has also developed as a lifelong journey. As a child, a Haitian priest stayed with my family when I was eight years old, and that was one of many events that were formative in my childhood. And then, um, and then growing up, volunteered a lot with a lot of different organizations locally and internationally, kind of trying to understand for myself, like where I felt most called to and where I felt like I could use my skills to change the world in some way, shape or form. And, and then in college, I, in high school, I had the opportunity to go to Haiti. And then in college, I went back to Haiti and really on that trip, engaged in some very deep listening, some very deep accompaniment work. And through those conversations felt the calling and inspired to dialogue about businesses and community members approached me saying, we have these business ideas. How do we, how do you help us start these businesses? And that really came out of the conversation. So out of that journey, we, I came up with this idea of what would happen if you combined business training. So democratizing business training skills to, to people across Haiti along with selling locally made water filtration systems and clean burning stoves. So the combination of those two ideas and almost a decade now of working in the social sector, long story short, Unlocking Communities came to birth in 2018. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. So first off, for our listeners who aren't aware, uh, Josh did a webinar last month as part of Mission Sunday, would you really sit down and explain kind of the inner workings of Unlocking Community and all the steps you've taken? And you had a special guest with you as well. Could you 
explain who that was? Yeah, both my fantastic team members, Julia Homeworks was with me, and then Ernso Sylvan was with me. And Ernso is our country director in Haiti. And fun fact, that first priest who stayed with me when I was eight years old introduced me to Ernso. And he is the face of our organization. It's really important for our organization to be a Haitian organization run by Haitians for Haitians. And so I'm just kind of behind the scenes coordinating some of the logistical support and Ernso's on the ground running all of our meetings and trainings. And so he goes from community to community to conduct the meetings and identify which communities we are gonna go into next. That's great. Now, could you kind of break down the process of what makes um, kind of the goal and what makes Unlocking Communities work? It's a, it's a little bit of a different model than kind of your traditional business cycle operates. Could you uh, explain how that works and what makes it unique? Yeah, for those, those of you who know the work of CARA Chicago, we are similar to the work of CARA Chicago in a lot of ways. And Maria Kim's a great mentor and friend of mine. And so our model works where Ernso in those meetings goes into communities and meets and gathers different church communities together and asks them, would they like business training? Would they like to nominate 20 people in their community for business training? Of course, they say yes. Like, when can we get started? And then we, we, we tell them that they can sell clean burning stoves or water filtration systems or both products in their communities and that if we give them a loan of 50 products, they will collect the money back on those products and then also gather more loan, gather back the money and then we will give them more products to sell. So really it's first starting with that, with those meetings engagements and then Ernso conducts this wonderful business training. And that's really the core of our model is this business training. So it, which is in sales, health, hygiene, budgeting, because Kevin, most families don't realize how much money they're spending on bottled water. In countries like Haiti, a family will spend about $150 a year on bottled water or, or charcoal to boil their water or some other source to get clean water. And you can buy one of these locally made water filtration systems for about $35. And that will last a family for five years. So a huge ROI there to the point we hope to save the Haitian economy over $20 million in the next five years. That's fantastic. And so the move of social entrepreneurship seems to be emerging area, especially for young adults going on into the workforce. What, as a Catholic, what has been uh, kind of your reasoning or driving factors behind that? Has it been, has your faith been a part of your mission to do this work? Oh, definitely. I alluded to it earlier in kind of my evolving faith journey, but I really see my faith lived out through my actions. And the famous quote, you, you know, you live it out through your actions and only use words if necessary, really rings true to me. And I mentioned the word accompaniment, right? I did not go down to Haiti looking to start an organization on a trip. I went down there just to be in conversation and in community with people. And it was in being vulnerable and being open and just dialoguing with people that they expressed their needs to me and asked if there was a way that we could work together to solve those needs. And it's not it's not I helping them or us helping them, but it's working in that solidarity and in that spiritual communion with each other through the work that we do that is so key. And that's, you said it beautifully, that's the whole point of radical kinship is going to the, going to the margins and being moved by them and going to the people there to listen and to take action and take those positive steps. What, um, what has the impact One of COVID? The have you seen... It has unlocking communities face, you know, both before the pandemic starts and now that we're almost a year into the pandemic at this point. 
Yeah, um, great question, Kevin. One of the quotes I want to share when you said to go stand on the margins is Father Greg Boyle, another mentor and big fan of Unlocking Communities, says, you go stand on the margins until the margins become no more. And that's what we've done and we've continued to do during the pandemic as well. And we doubled down last year on pandemic response. And one of our communities actually called my country manager, the community manager called my country director and said, hey, did you know about the pandemic was coming? Because you've already been educating us on how to, how to wash our hands and clean water and the importance of clean water and, and other skills that were so necessary and vital to slow the spread of COVID in the beginning. And luckily, Kevin, due to Haiti's situation, and they responded pretty, with us and other organizations, all responded pretty strongly in the beginning. That helped to slow the spread of COVID, along with, I think, a sad reality is that living in poverty as a country has helped them because it's allowed them to live outside more and to have more air circulation. So there's a lot of hypotheses around why it's slowed down, but it definitely has in Haiti. And, you know, we're coming up on the one year really anniversary of when everything shut down, but it's certainly, they've certainly faced economic impacts. Their currency has had massive fluctuations over last year due to the global economic market. And of course, shortages of getting vaccines and tests and everything else like that is still present. But the biggest thing that we can do is we mobilize our 100 plus entrepreneurs to do education training in the community. We produced over 1,800 gallons of soap last year to distribute to rural schools in Haiti who do not have any soap, right? And we are just one piece in a beautiful mosaic of organizations working in Haiti to, to move forward into this new reality post-pandemic. That's incredible. That's incredible. What, so you, you're focusing on the water filters. You also make stoves. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes. What other needs are there or what other um, ways of being able to get involved or expansion do you see going forward? Yeah, so we've actually now started a project where we do direct loans to businesses. Last year, we loaned out $20,000 to five businesses. So we are funding five businesses that our entrepreneurs who we trained came back to us and said, we're selling your products, but we also want to do more. We have an idea for a fish farm or for a coffee growing or coffee, coffee, sorry, harvesting operation, or for another type of local business that benefits the community and their church too, actually. All these businesses have some give back built into the business. And so they said, can we get a loan of a few thousand dollars? So we set up five loans to them. Um, we impacted over 10,000 people through our education efforts as well last year and also distributed over 600 hand washing stations. But really what's next is we are working with a team at Deloitte on looking at how do we replicate this model, not only all over Haiti, but internationally as well. So we're eyeing a few potentials internationally. Oh, it's fantastic. So you are definitely expanding just beyond the, the island of Haiti and moving bigger and better all the time. Uh, you've also been speaking a lot. I know you've been making the rounds before the pandemic and now virtually. You care to share a little bit about that as well? Yeah, I've been blessed. And check out our website, unlockingcommunities.org to hear the webinar, which I believe we will post if we haven't posted yet, as well as some other interviews with me to kind of hear the story of Unlocking Communities and the journey and to learn about how you can get involved. So blessed to get support from companies, individuals. We're doing a really cool collaboration with a company out of Iowa that makes water filtration systems for big city water, filtrations, water filtration efforts here in the U.S., where they're working on a collaboration with us abroad. We're also excited to roll out some other 
cool initiatives and partnerships in this coming year. But we really see our vision, Kevin, in putting the economic power in the hands of Haitians to create an environment of self-respect and, and sustainability throughout communities in Haiti and now globally too. Fantastic. So, you know, right now, going through the pandemic, changing the uh, presidential administration, the, the strain it's had on the economy here, people might want to rethink about like their donations and funding, you know, keep it here domestically, but there's still that great need internationally. There's still a lot yeah. that can be done. And for, as you said, $35 for a, for a filter system, it's still, it's still a, a big deal and a big need. So it's, it's still important to keep these, um, to keep these programs running, to keep things like what you're doing operating, and you're still able to pull here from the community and still be able to provide that that need, both now domestically and internationally. That, that's pretty impressive and excited to see how that how that plays out. What um, what's some of your big motivations? What what keeps you going? Uh, what what allows this to happen? What even starting off with this idea when you were younger to, to keep it for it to blossom to what it has now? What what's been a driving motivation behind that? Recently, Kevin, it's been people like yourself and others, friends and community members who keep the motivation going. It's, you know, it's been a little bit more distant, so I haven't gotten down on the ground as often this last year to see the work. But it's also my country director calling me with stories about how hygiene workers in, in the communities are noticing less instances of people getting sick from water. It's him calling me to tell me that a new community just sold 60 water filtration systems this weekend. It's things like that that keep me really excited and that he onboarded four interns who want to come give their time to unlocking communities and transforming their country. It's, it's his story, Kevin. He lost his dad at the age of eight, I believe, when his dad was struck by lightning and passed away and that he's chosen, he's had the opportunity to leave Haiti, but he chose to stay in his country because he believed there was a way forward for his country and that he wanted to be a part of that and that he believes in unlocking community so much that he's committed full time to working for us and growing the work across Haiti. And then some amazing partnerships and just, there are so many great people in the world doing some incredible work that I really encourage you all just to take time to go learn about a new organization you have it and if you want a new organization to learn about email me and I'll send you a whole list of organizations to learn about but um, both locally in Chicago there are so many beautiful organizations with founders who have such moving stories and internationally and I'm just humbled to get to help unlock their potential. Beautiful so uh, you mentioned the website where can people go to learn more about your work and in ways that they can get involved? Yeah, go to unlockingcommunities.org. Check out us on all the social media platforms. I am not the keeper, I'm not the poster, but um, then we'd share all of our information on those platforms as well for those of you social mediaites out there in the world. And all, lastly, you can always email us at connect at unlockingcommunities.org and we'll be happy to talk with you more about different ways you or your family or your community can get involved in our work or there's always volunteer opportunities and advisory positions and things like that as well we love to surround i love to surround myself with people who are all smarter than me and we can all make this work together so thank you so much well josh i definitely surround myself with smarter people and you are one of those said person so thank you for for being a good friend and just being an, i think an inspiration for what you're doing with your time and your talent and the impact you want to make and to really put your faith 
in action. And I think that's, that's the, one of the harder, harder challenges, as I think, for us, especially in this time of not knowing what to do or what steps to make. And you have definitely have paved that way and is uh, truly in awe of what you're doing. I do follow you um, personally, you know, on social media. So excited to get the updates there as well. And want to wish you the best of luck in your endeavors. And thank you for all that you've done. We will connect your webinar you did through Old St. Pat's to this podcast. So it was great to hear a little bit more about you and your personal side of why you're doing this. So thank you and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. One final note is really just that I, I believe we can reimagine poverty in our lifetimes, Kevin, and that we can truly see a transformative change happening. We have to have bold new ideas, right? The ways that charities have traditionally operated has, haven't worked, but unlocking communities is one of those examples of that we're rethinking engagement with communities and partnerships and in, in a deep way, deep and transformative way that mobilize that economic power at the base of the pyramid. So would love to continue that dialogue and explore more and hope you'll have me back sometime to talk more about that. Thanks so much. Always, always. You're always welcome back on the Radical Kinship Podcast. And that's right. We want to continue the dialogue, make a change, especially as we grow out of the pandemic. And it's going to be a reset in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And it's how can we really impact those that marginalize? How can we really be more of an inclusive society, economy, and world for everybody? So you are definitely on the forefront of that. We will be relying on you as things go forward. But thank you again, Josh. And this has been a delight. Thank you. Couldn't do it without people like you. So thanks so much. Next, we are happy to enter into dialogue with John Perro, founding member of the recently renamed Gay Plus Group, and its current chairperson, Michael Polanto, as we discuss the group's foundation and thriving future of welcoming all sexual orientations, gender identities, be it straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and all allies as a shining example of radical inclusivity and hospitality. And we talk about Gay Plus Combined Virtual Dinner with OSP's encounter scheduled for March 5th and how you can get involved with the fun. John and Mike, welcome to the Radical Kinship Podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And so, John, we'll start with you. You're the co-founder of what is now newly named Gay Plus. Could you give us a brief history about the group and uh, your time at Old St. Pat's? Sure. Thank you, Kevin. And I appreciate you having us. Um, I, by the way, I love the, the name of your podcast, Radical Kinship, because uh, not only is it completely consistent with the, the intention and the vision of Old St. Pat's, but it's tied into what we're doing as well. And uh, we started back in October of 2008, so about 13 years ago. And uh, we started out because there was a void at in the church for those of us who are gay and Catholic and had spiritual needs and spiritual desires to grow. So we came up with um, a vision statement back uh, a few years ago, um, probably 10 years ago, that's actually uh, been maintained. And uh, it's, it's basically Old St. Pat is known to have a culture of radical inclusivity and hospitality, where programs and initiatives and policies provide a safe and supportive environment for those of us in the LGBT community, our brothers and sisters and their families. We wanna be a place of choice for gay plus people and their supporters to express their faith 
while really fully participating in church life. So we didn't want to just create a group that was separate from the church, but was integrated in the church and part of the church and where we outreached to not only those of us who are gay, but the, the, the bigger church itself. So that's been our kind of a vision statement um, from the beginning. And uh, we have a, a mission statement as well. Our mission really is just to welcome and have presence in the community, at, at the church. We want uh, Old St. Pat's um, Gay Plus Outreach uh, to be an initiative where LGBT people of faith are welcomed and have presence to explore their spirituality and share their experiences and their strengths and their hopes. And, and everyone, especially, um, you know, we want to share that with everyone, especially with the larger church, like, like I was mentioning before. We don't want to be segregated or, or separated. No, it's, it's wonderful, and it, it goes along well, I think, with, with the church's new refined statement of radical inclusivity, and it's, you know, we're all part of this kind of uh, body in Christ together, you know, we're all hands and feet working together in different ways with different talents, and we really wanted to highlight exactly uh, what this group is about and what you guys have been doing and how pe more people can get involved, and Mike, you're the current uh, coordinator, and could you tell us more about uh, life kind of before COVID, now we're in COVID during the pandemic and, uh, you know, just different ways that people can get involved to still get that sense of community. Sure, sure, happy to. Um, the, anyone can get involved with, uh, with our um, group by contacting um, an email, uh, via email, contacting John via email. Um, and um, we have events, not as often as we did before COVID. So before COVID, we had events monthly. Um, but now with COVID, I would say it's more quarterly. Um, and uh, we're going to have a virtual uh, cooking uh, event coming up on March 5th where people are going to cook uh, and share their cooking via Zoom. And um, then we're gonna eat dinner together. It'll be a Lenten meal, so uh, no meat. Um, and it ought to be a lot of fun. Well, that's great. I just checked my calendar, so I am certainly available for that. I just don't, don't know what, how my meal is gonna turn out. So hopefully it's not one uh, leading by example in, in that situation, but that, that's fantastic. So. Uh, well, we really want to, you know, one of the things I think that's important is to um, draw, uh, draw young people, especially people who are struggling uh, with being gay and Catholic and providing, as John said, uh, a safe space, a place where um, regardless of what the official church says, I think the official church would want uh, young people to explore their sexuality, not on the street and not in the bars. I think they would like it in the church. Oh, absolutely. It's about, it's just about the, being Catholic is about breaking bread and coming together. And I think it's, uh, you guys are definitely highlighting that. 
and definitely providing that safe space to allow for those conversations and people to give support where they can. And so over the past 13 years, much has changed, you know, within the city, I think nationally, the debate and the conversations have gone on. What sort of um, uh, pushback have you come across or, or support you've received over the years? Well, maybe I can take that on um, since uh, I, I was here from the beginning. And it's been a very interesting um, process, evolution over the years. When we first started back in 2008, probably for the first three years, we had, uh, I would say significant back pushback, but we did have some pushback. And we had pushback from non-gay people in the community thinking that uh, what we were doing was wrong. Um, but more surprising to me, we had pushback from the gay community also, that we weren't doing enough, that we weren't um, pushing the envelope enough, and that we needed to do more. And that, that was interesting to kind of go through for the first couple of years. And then I would say over the last five or six years, there's been really no pushback. There's been really, literally tremendous support for what we've been doing. And... Um, it's been very heartwarming. So it's been interesting to see kind of the, the evolution of the, of the topic within the Catholic Church, at least within Old St. Pat's over the last 13 years. Oh, that's great. And uh, Mike, could you maybe tell more about the vision of the future? I know there was a, a rebranding of the name recently and kind of what you want to see OSP and the community do going forward. So one of the things that we want to do is um, work with other groups at Old St. Pat's, for example, the uh, encounter group with young adults and uh, even Encore with uh, the older um, members of St. Pat's. So we really feel we want to do some interconnected things. Um, the um, virtual cooking is co-sponsored by Gay Plus, Encounter, and the Green Team. So uh, it's one of the first times we've, um, at least recently, had something that was uh, multidimensional in that way. Um, and we would like to continue to um, be a stronger presence within the old St. Pat's community um, to get our name out there. Um, we really appreciate uh, this podcast uh, for that reason. Um, and, um, I forgot what the rest of your question was, so I hope you're going to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was great. I think it was, uh, going forward and, uh, definitely one of the things I've seen over now, uh, almost a year of all, all of us being virtual is other than the masses of being able to come together in our father earlier always says in our home sanctuaries is it's. it's there's kind of that, that cross connection between groups, maybe who, who wouldn't have, maybe would have been competing for space beforehand at the church. Now we're able to have events together and it kind of have that joint collaboration because that's what, what it really is all about, I think, is when we're trying to reach people in different aspects of life, we're all not just one siloed off area. And so like you said, it's the, the green team and encounters and K plus coming together for an event, whereas that may not have happened before. So it's, it's nice to have that fluidity um, among the church and, and to be open. Um, but other than that, any other big events we can look forward to or other ways people can get involved or seek uh, if 
somebody is well, having issues or want to be able to discuss to get some support? Um, well, I would say that, you know, we've been thinking about a retreat. Um, and that may, that's probably something a year or so out there, uh, especially with COVID. You know, we have to, we don't know exactly uh, when things will quote unquote return to normal. Um, but one of the things we would like to definitely have is uh, a retreat for LGBTQ members and their allies. That's wonderful. And, and people Kevin, to get to your, your question about how, do, how would they contact us, um, they can go, uh, there's two ways really. You can go on the Old St. Pat's website and uh, look for the Gay Plus tab. And my contact information is there. My email address is there. I'm in charge of new members um, or just anyone that may be interested in what we're doing and not even become a member, but just kind of be interested in when uh, maybe being on the mailing list of when the next event is. Um, or they can just uh, call the church directly and, and get the contact information from, um, from, the, from the office. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, it's right on the church's main website here. And I also want to touch on this real quick, but there's, you also have listed, listed a uh, listening parent resource. Could you explain a little bit more of what that entails? Yeah, we've got, um, uh, as members of uh, Gay Plus, parents of gay and lesbian children. And they're there for support as well to help understand their, their child and, and to be there for their child because they see that their children are very, their gay children are struggling with spirituality, struggling with the Catholic religion and, and there to kind of help understand how to best support their children. And so we've got um, a, um, a a committee that is dedicated to just to helping parents. These are other parents who have been through it already that have gay and lesbian children that are now grown and they've gone through that the whole process of helping them through their spirituality and their Catholicism. And it's just a way for, it's a support group for people, for parents uh, with gay children and how to support them through their uh, spiritual growth. To, to follow up on what John said, at uh, one of our events in the past, uh, we had a couple of parents from other parishes who have um, LGBT children. And they were looking, you know, they, they looked to St. Pat's for, to try and get some advice because their own parishes were not as welcoming. I wanna say that, you know, while being gay and lesbian is not a choice, being gay and lesbian and transgendered and bisexual Catholics is a choice. And it's a tough choice. Um, but we want to be there for those people. Um, because if anyone is going to um, move the church forward um, in regards to gay plus issues, it's going to be people within the church who are gay and, and, and Catholic. Well, it's great that you guys are there. It's great that you're able to provide this space and be able to continue it uh, successfully over the past thir almost 13 years. So uh, we look forward to seeing great things uh, moving forward together. And I want to thank you both for uh, your example, for your courage and everything you've been doing 
uh, at Old St. Pat's. And uh, thank you for joining the Radical Kinship Podcast. It's been a delight. Thank you, Kevin. As we enter into the season of Lent and begin to reshape a newly reforming world emerging from this pandemic, may the tenets of radical inclusivity and transformative kinship still continue to guide us. To do so, we must remember the power and our ability to reconcile. As theologian and priest Henry Nguyen tells us, if you dare to believe that you are our beloved before you were born, you may suddenly realize that your life is very, very special. You become conscious that you were sent here just for a short time, for 20, 40, or 80 years, to discover and believe that you are a beloved child of God. The length of time doesn't matter. You are sent into this world to believe in yourself as God's chosen one, and then to help your brothers and sisters know they are also beloved sons and daughters of God who belong together. You're sent in this world to be a people of reconciliation. You're sent to heal, to break down the walls between you and your neighbors, locally, nationally, and globally. Before all distinctions, the separations, and the walls built on foundations of fear, there was a unity in the mind and heart of God. Out of that unity, you are sent in this world for a little while to claim that you and every other human being belongs to the same God of love who lives from eternity to eternity. Thank you for listening to Chicago's Radical Kinship Podcast, broadcasting from Old St. Pat's Church in Chicago's West Loop. This is your host, Kevin Kelly, and I would like to thank all of my guests for joining me on this episode. This podcast was made possible by the support of OSP's parish, staff, and particularly Vince Guider and Kayla Jackson. Thank you for listening.